As most people know, odd year elections have notoriously low voter turnout rates, but especially in Pierce County, which performed near the very bottom of all 39 Washington counties this year. And compounding that was the extremely low turnout among young people. Charlotte Mena is a former candidate for state representative in the 29th LD, and Daryl Cruz is a TV and event producer in Tacoma. And together, they are launching a brand new campaign aimed at increasing voter turnout in Pierce County called Voter Turnup with a kickoff event this Saturday, August 29th. And they are both here to tell us about it. Hello to you both. How are you? Hi, thanks for having us. I'm so glad that you're here. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for you you're taking this this kind of thing on because it's so important. I'll just start with a very fundamental question. Why do you think that turnout is generally so low in Pierce County, Charlotte? Yeah, it's true that that voter turnout is low in Pierce County. We're underperforming other counties in the state for voter registration, as well as for voter turnout, and in particular in local election years. Um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly one thing, but I do know that there's a lot of correlation with you know low turnout and low registration rates with communities of color, with low income earners, and with young people, which we have a lot of in Pierce County. We have a big immigrant community. We've got a pretty transient community. Um, and we, we're also dealing with some other some other types of crises right now, like homelessness and, you know, you not having an address where your your ballot gets mailed uh, pretty regularly or you're moving around a lot. And so I think these things compound on each other. But in general, I think, you know, we have a population and constituencies here that have been historically disenfranchised. And just like with redlining, even when those practices end, those remnants persist. Uh, and so what we want to do is figure out what is the issue for individual voters and connect with them about closing the information gap, getting them what they need, um, the website to check if they are registered to update their addresses, um, getting them the resources they need to know what's on the ballot and what does that mean for them this year, as well as, you know, just talking about some of those hesitancies they may have. If they're not seeing a government that works for them, they may not be inspired to vote in that election. So it's sharing personal stories, it's connecting authentically and in culturally relevant ways through community, and really just envisioning the kind of future we'd like to have for ourselves, and then putting that vision into action through voting. Hold that thought, because I do want to circle back on a, a number of things that you just talked about there. But Daryl, I'll bring you into the conversation. Uh, I know that what the work that you're doing is very much focused on the Tacoma area. Can you just give us a sense of what the numbers were like there this year? Yeah, so when you look at the 567,000 um, registered voters in Pierce County, um, only it was about 14.5% of ballots that were returned. So you look at the the sheer amount of, of the, sheer, the, the sheer lack of engagement, like we have a, a serious thing to do. And just knowing that Tacoma is the cultural, commercial, political, and social engine of Pierce County, um, we have to uh, engage in Tacoma. It's my understanding that there may be as many as 90,000 eligible and unregistered voters in the area and nearly 70,000 people who are registered but are not filling out their ballots. So that suggests kind of a, a dual uh, pronged approach uh, to, to getting these people on board, right, Charlotte? Yeah, so that's absolutely right. We wanted to do an analysis of the legislative districts that really make up the heart of Tacoma. So we looked at the 27th, the 29th, um, and the 28th legislative districts, and those are the numbers that came back. And so with that need really quantified, we're thinking about how do we get to those folks who are not yet registered? And we have some great laws in Washington State. You know, Washington State is leading the nation in voter registration laws and making registration as le least complicated process that it could possibly be. But there's still folks that are falling through the cracks, whether because they don't have a driver's license and they're taking public transit instead, so they're not getting 
you know, registered through the motor voter law um, or they're moving around a lot or they're they're just not, you know, going to those places uh, where where they would be automatically registered, um, as well as the folks who are registered and just maybe they're not they're not looking at their ballot or, you know, what I hear from folks that I talk to is this isn't really this isn't really going to make a difference. You know, I'm, I'm really busy. This isn't top of mind. And I think that's understandable for folks who are working multiple jobs, who are worried about housing insecurity. And I think that's all really good and fair. But I think it's also important for those of us who are a little bit more plugged in to say, here's how this will affect those issues. You know, here's how we can make change and get better policies so that we're not dealing with these problems from now and into the future and, you know, for the next generations. Right. Well, I mean, you've you've talked a little bit about how you you certainly hear uh, this sort of discussion uh, among you know people in communities of color, feeling like they just don't get the point of being involved in the political process. Um, you know, Pierce County is also home to a number of immigrants, and I heard this a lot when I was talking to candidates who are running in South King County. Uh, that, you know, immigrant communities often have very bad associations with the political process because in their country of origin, uh, engaging with the political process can, uh, you can be persecuted, you can even be killed. Uh, Daryl, I wonder, how do you think about that and, and how do you address that? Indeed. So, you know, my my family, um, you know, I come from an African family. My family is from, from Sierra Leone, West Africa. Um, we went through a very, you know, very traumatic, um, long civil war for, for many years. And um, you know, my my family members are very much so um, have have very much so been afraid to politically engage. They're just learning um, how to politically engage, and I and kind of what it's been in my personal experience has just been a partnership. It's, it's just been about encouraging people to have that freedom, encourage people to think differently, and um, and letting people then know that they have that freedom, and letting people know that you know America is a is a is a different system. Like that's kind of the that's what has been in my personal experience. Just like you, seem, I, you seem ideally suited to have these kinds of conversations. Uh, can, can you give us an example of some of the, the the sorts of conversations that you've had with other people in the immigrant community? Yeah, so I mean, it's um, even like so, like looking at like you know, looking at my mother, right? Um, you know, she is a you know you know wonderful lady, just low key doesn't necessarily want to be didn't you know didn't necessarily think about voting but just thinking about like you're a teacher you know you have to um you have to let go of some of those old thought processes of what it was like in Sierra Leone and you engage and touch people the way that you touch people doing the work that you do like this is another way for you to extend the power of your work and um and that's the thing is just extending your vocation so just looking at what people value and bringing voting into that. It's like taking, it's just like extending, um, it's just building connections between what people value and letting people know that voting plays a very integral part in that. Were you able to bring your mother around uh, when, when you talked to her about him? She, she's a voter. Excellent. <laughs> she just voted um, in, the, in the primary. Well, both of you are significantly younger than I am. Hello. Um, and we know that young people tend to engage at much lower numbers. And this is across the board. This is nationally. Uh, but um, I'm wondering, I would just ask both of you, why you think that is? And, and what do you think can be done about this, Charlotte? Yeah, well, whether I'm counted in the youth vote or not depends on what numbers you're looking at. So I'm just on the cusp. You're younger than I am, my friend. <laughs> As an elder millennial, I don't know if I fall in that category or not. But I will say, I mean, uh, 
I think it could be a number of things. So I'll share a story from what, the first time I voted. Uh, you know, I was able to vote in my first election in 2008, and I uh, was walking through the student union building at my college, and there were a group of students who said, "Hey, are you registered to vote today's election day?" And I said, "I actually, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think I am." And they said, "Well, just give us your information, and we'll look it up." And I was registered to vote, and I said, "Okay, well." I don't really know what to do with that. I don't have a ballot. And they said, well, we actually have a van outside and we'll drive you to the elections office. And it sounds a little sketchy, right? But everyone was sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going <laughs> so I got into the election yeah. van and we drove to the elections office and I cast my, my vote that year and I was able to vote uh, for the first time in a presidential election. And I think about that and, you know, there, there's definitely an information gap. You know, a lot of people don't even know where to look to see if they're registered to vote. And I think, you know, that can be a little bit embarrassing for people, right? You, maybe you don't want to admit that you don't even, that you don't even know, or that you haven't voted in the last couple elections because you don't know where to go. And you don't really know what these candidates are about. You're just kind of getting what you get in the media. So I, I think the information gap is one thing. Um, but I also want to acknowledge how incredibly active Generation Z is, right? How incredibly active young people are in climate rallies and, you know, going to do protests and doing social media campaigns. And I think sometimes we see a correlation um, where the more active and civically engaged they are in one category, the less they vote. It's like they're doing this instead of. And, you know, I think we want to have a conversation where we're figuring out that we can do both and, and that it's a both and strategy. So I think one of the, one of the biggest ways to do that is to have them see their peers voting, right? Talk to each other in this age group and say, we're voting, we're talking about voting. What do you think about voting? And so it takes that sort of age group of people talking to each other, engaging each other and encouraging each other to do so. But I'll also say that we've seen a correlation with, um, you know, the more the general population votes, the higher the numbers are for young people too. So I think that just tells us that we need to lead by example and, and do our voting so that people will see that and emulate it. Absolutely. Lead by example. And I, I also will just second what you said about Generation Z. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of hope that they're going to be the ones to kind of change things up. They seem to be very active. And ideally, as you say, if you can get enough people in a cohort voting, well, then maybe it'll kind of ripple outwards. Um, uh, at this point, I'm just going to ask you both about the event because we haven't talked about that yet. And that's yeah. why we're here today. So you've got an event happening this Saturday. Uh, Daryl, tell us about it. Indeed, indeed. So this Saturday on August 28th at Wapato Park from 2 to 6 p.m., we are launching a voter turnout with a, you know, with an event. It's going to be amazing. It's going to have a concert with, um, with Jar D, Ala, Rocky Sandoval, some just amazing musicians. We have food trucks. Uh, the mayor is going to speak. And it's really just a day for us to celebrate and connect and to talk about voting and also to be together. It's been a really, really, really hard 18 months for a lot of us. A lot of issues are happening, but we want to connect and be in community and encourage each other to be involved in, um, in this political process. So just excited. Definitely want you to come. Wapato Park, uh, August 28th, 2 to 6. Please, voterturnup.org for more information. But that's, that's what we're doing. Excellent. Thank you for uh, all that information. And I will have that for listeners in the show notes and also at indivisiblepodcast.org. Um, before I let you both go, I'll just ask you how you see the long-term mission of this project, Voter Turnup. Daryl, how are you thinking about this long-term? Indeed. So, you know, we are going to, you know, continue to do uh, a number of things to, um, you know, to get people to the polls um, for, you know, obviously this, you know, for no, in November, just, um, you know, with our, with our promise cards, you know, that accountability partnership helping, 
you know, encourage people to vote, you know, calling folks and, and doing what we can do and also encouraging people to, you know, to do smaller scale events in their communities um, in November. But we're also, you know, having, you know, a lot of conversations with some potential partners to continue, extend and amplify uh, the work that we're doing with Voter Turnup. So we really encourage you to stay tuned. I love that you're doing this. And, you know, I, I know that Stacey Abrams, Better O'Rourke and others have said just how crucial it is to be doing this work in every state. So I really appreciate the fact that you're both taking this on. Um, Charlotte, I'll give you the last word. How are you thinking about this long term? Yeah, well, I think, you know, engaging each other on civic engagement and building the communities we want to see is a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong commitment to each other. And I think, you know, this is the method that we're using right now. Um, like Daryl said, we'll be really focused on, you know, building a team of people that want to carry this work forward through November and beyond. So we want to build out leaders, right? Young people who are going to be carrying this work forward and doing the canvassing and doing the phone calls and doing the texting. Um, but we want this to exist in perpetuity. Our goal is to have a really successful turnout this November and then to follow up with all the folks who voted and say, okay, you voted, here's what you voted for and here's how you track it. Here's how you make sure that those leaders you voted for stay accountable and then continue that conversation into the next election. Well, as Daryl said, uh, stay tuned or as Rachel Maddow would say, uh, watch this space. Uh, Cheryl Mena, Daryl Cruz, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and thanks for taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you.